English is an absurd language. Somehow, a stick bug is pretty much exactly what you'd expect, while crabgrass is an absolute letdown. Welcome to the Crypto Naturalist. Soggy, grimy, hello to you, dear listener. I'm eager to record, but Cassandra is insisting I do it here in the mudroom until I can get cleaned up. Probably a wise request. I just returned from a lovely visit to an inexplicable location, kind of my typical plan on an ideal day. The trip involved following a creek through a deep ravine in the Virginia hills, then continuing to follow it through a very snug cave. I had to wriggle under the hills like a mole, but eventually I reemerged into a broad column of sunlight and a lovely grotto walled in by the living hills. It did occur to me afterwards that I could have come in from above. But the kind of creature that gave me directions does not think in such above-ground terms. So, I emerged into the cathedral-like space hidden in the hills and got my bearings. My eyes were dazzled by the light after nearly an hour wriggling underground, but all around me was the sound of flowing water. As my vision adjusted... I could see why. I was on the lip of a huge natural basin, and all around me water was trickling from little inlets in the hillside. At every inlet the water was collected by rock formations into broad, still pools, before flowing down in waterfalls like smooth sheets of glass. From where I first stood, the falls reflected each other, along with the dappled green of moss and trailing ivy. A moment later, I noticed something like a stairway traveling down from where I stood to the pool which caught all the flowing waters. The stairs did not seem to be the work of human hands, which made them all the more inviting to me. I followed them down. It might have been a trick of the light, it may have been something else, but as I descended, it seemed less that I was in a basin and more that I was in a polyhedral structure made from waterfall surfaces on all sides. Some of the falls still appeared to fall at a predictable 90 degrees, others had a 45 degree slant. A few looked nearly parallel with the ground forming a ceiling of flowing water, through which the circle of blue sky high above shone like a distant opal, blue and streaked with cloud. The stairs vanished into the pool. The further I went, the more the falls began to shine like mirrors. 
In the center of the rippling water, a large round stone protruded like the shell of a great turtle. It looked like a perfect place for standing, odd and beckoning. Speaking of odd and beckoning, how about a little poetry? It's time for today's Hidden Lore segment. Today's Hidden Lore is a poem by Matt Dennison. The Various When I was quite young, our neighbor's daughter was going to school to be a teacher, and had learned from her parents I spent many hours alone in the woods. Eager to find out what questions an eight-year-old boy might have regarding the natural world, I was summoned to their house, made to sit, offered a cookie and the opportunity to ask any and all questions I might have, but I had none. I was the woods, the streams, the river, the trees, the skulls, the bones and fossils, the earth breaking from tree roots exposed above stream beds, all creatures under rock, in soil and air, the soft-spined helgramite, the various suckers and snails, catfish and bass and dinosaur gar from another world, turtles snapping and boxed, snakes of water and land, insects under bark and on carcasses, the dried skins of discarded fish in the weeds, hornets under downed limbs, soils both sandy and clay-like, the slick clay itself, and snake grass, and arrowheads, and Civil War bullets, and rusty old beer cans so empty it hurt, and bridges of wood and concrete with bad words layered and scraped into each and sand caves under trellises where wild boys died for being wild boys, and springs from hillsides with water so cool and reaching my hand into holes in the riverbank, praying for fight or shaking hands with God at the tug of a fish and the struggle to catch, to have and to hold small creatures and save them in dark places, lift them into bright spaces and look into their eyes to see if I could see myself staring back from heaven. But I had no questions for the teacher to be, and I did not care, for I had small monsters and alcohol pill bottles spread across pin boards, staring from shelves, whispering from walls, and sleep-talking in drawers who had already told me Everything I would ever need to know. Nature is indeed an excellent teacher, though many of its lessons are difficult to put into words, which, in my mind, makes those lessons particularly meaningful and worthy of our attention. Matt Dennison is the author of Kind Surgery from Urtica Press and Waiting for Better from Main Street Rag Press. His poetry has appeared in Verse Daily, Rattle, Bayou Magazine, Read Divider, and Cider Press Review, among others. His fiction has appeared in Short Story Substack, Thema, Good, The Blue Crow, Prole, 
the wondrous real, and is forthcoming in story unlikely. I took the hint of the still pool and waded out to the island of rock. It was warm and rough beneath my hands. I touched it, and the air seemed to fill with the mineral scent of deep earth and water wandering beneath infinities of stone. I clambered up and stood on the rock. When I did, I nearly fell right over. Everything was different. From that position, those falls shone like polished glass and all their angles reflected me, dozens of me, all staring back in various states of amazement. One of my reflections brought out a hat from somewhere and touched the brim in greeting. I pulled my recorder from its waterproof bag and hit record. I'll... well... I'll play that recording for you, but a little warning up front. It becomes what those of us in the audio production hobby would classify as unlistenable in pretty short order. My original intent was to record the episode on location at the falls. You'll hear why I abandoned that plan. All right, enough preamble. I'm going to hit play. Okay, testing my levels here. Crypto Naturalist episode 54, tentatively titled Mirror Falls. Alright, I'm here on location at a natural wonder deep. Hang on a minute there, fella. Who said you get to steer this ship? Well, I'm the one holding the recorder, and I am corporeal. Look here. I have a recorder, and from where I'm standing, I'm the one with a physical body. Well, don't fight, you two. I think we all have recorders, and all came here with the same idea. Now, folks, we can't all host our shows simultaneously. It's not clear to any of us if our respective voices will be captured on these recordings, or if we're each experiencing intersecting auditory hallucinations. All in favor of trying to record simultaneously, say Caddy Wumpus. Caddy Wumpus. Hey, um, us. Hey, before we get to work on the show, could we do that thing we've wanted to do, uh, with, uh, having more than one voice? Yeah, yeah I suppose, like we, try. suppose we could try. Okay, and a one, and a two, and a one, two, three. There was one to the 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 so, hang tight, and uh, I'll get around to interviewing you folks in just a minute. Yeah, all right, let's see. Let's start. Alright, hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm looking at my recording levels here, and 
It is definitely picking up all of our voices. I just don't think this is gonna work. Yeah, same here. Agreed. That's enough on location recording. Let's continue our chat and handle the podcasting later. Yep, stop pause like a plan. Yeah. Sorry for subjecting you to that, listener, but now you have a pretty good sense of what my afternoon was like. We chatted for some time. Each of us felt very real standing on our respective stones, standing in our respective perspectives. Most of us could live with that. A few of us could not, but found that they could not leave their spots standing on their stone until we all agreed to leave together. Which, of course, we did. None of us wanted to hold the fearful few versions of ourselves hostage within their reflections. So, we did a little countdown to synchronize and we all leapt off our perches into the pool. After that, I looked at those glimmering sheets of falling water a bit differently. I've heard it said that water has memory. I think it may have a lot more than that. Well, it's something to continue pondering. Hmm. Yeah, see here on the mudroom control panel, we have a new field report today. Well, while I start peeling off layers, let's take a listen. This is Catstone, transmitting on Cryptonaturalist frequency 11581. Recently, I stumbled on a night market. The kind that happens spontaneously deep in a lightless woodland. The kind that's full of people who can't quite tell you why they turned up at such a time and in such an unusual location. I did not waste my opportunity. A convincingly human-looking fellow there sold me a tiny stone like a splinter of obsidian, only I was fairly certain it was no stone. It came in a little vial of seawater, When I asked him why, he shrugged and said that he found it in the sea, so keeping it in water seemed proper. I asked him where in the sea he found it. He said he didn't recall, but it came from a shining rock formation that looked a bit like a pine cone. I paid with pocket change and departed with a rare treasure. Perhaps he knew more than he was saying, or maybe he was just uncommonly lucky. Either way, keeping that stone in water was the correct approach. As I suspected from the start, what I had purchased was a cinder pine seed. Of course, I was eager to plant it, but there were preparations to make. I constructed a platform over the sea, near a rocky patch of coast close to Eshness. I prepared the platform with soil and leaf litter and piles of rock and sand. When everything was ready, with trembling fingers, I poured out the vial and caught the seed. I risked holding the shining beauty up to the light for just a moment, but it was already starting to get warm as the air dried its surface. I deposited it in the leaves at the centre of the platform and fled to my little boat, working quickly to get back to shore and gain a safe distance, finding the place where I had stashed my recording equipment. The cinder pine did not disappoint. At first, a tongue of bright blue flame, a seedling like a hissing blowtorch, the tree grew. The more combustible materials on the platform leapt up in fire and grey smoke. A sapling, a white hot triangle visible in the column of smoke, 
so bright I could only glance at it for a moment at a time. Already, a rivulet of molten rock ran like a tiny crimson waterfall over the edge of the platform, setting the wood ablaze as it went. The platform was built stout and sturdy. A layer of stone and sand stood between the seat and the wooden supports, but I was worried it would collapse before it was time. I had underestimated the intensity of a cinder pine's heat. The tree grew, and thankfully the platform held. Three metres, nine metres, fifteen metres. A great shaggy pine made of pure heat and light rose above the choppy grey sea. Steam and smoke braided skyward. The heat made me retreat further, abandoning my recording equipment and shielding my face as I tried to backpedal over uneven terrain. There was a great roaring sound and the tree began to flash like repeated lightning strikes. I lay on my stomach and peered out between my fingers. The flashes left an afterimage when I closed my eyes, like a storybook silhouette of a Christmas tree. Then, sudden silence. A huge plateau of steam and smoke loomed above me and I could just make out the dull orange shape of a great pine cone wobbling on the platform before a sharp crack and a whoosh of steam told me that the construct had collapsed into the ocean, as intended. Cinder pines can remain as seeds on a geologic timescale and then live out their life cycles for mere moments. I may return to that patch of sea to study the seeds further. Then again, I may not. I witnessed the entire life of one cinder pine, more than I have done for most species, and my heart is still full of it. Perhaps that is enough. Cat Stone, signing off. Ah, always good to hear from Cat. I believe we received her last broadcast back in episode five. Thanks for the report, Cat. What a rare and momentous thing to join such a singular species of tree on its journey through life. Remarkable. Until next time, we're all strange animals. So, act like it. Find bonus content and a variety of strange rewards. Support our show by visiting patreon.com slash cryptonaturalist. You can also help by rating, reviewing, and telling a friend. The Crypto Naturalist is written and read by Jared K. Anderson. For books and poetry collections by Jared K. Anderson and Leslie J. Anderson, visit cryptonaturalist.com slash books. You'll find information about submitting your poetry or prose for our hidden lore segments in the About section of our website at cryptonaturalist.com. This show is produced and edited by Tracy Barnett. You can find them online anywhere at TheOtherTracy or TheOtherTracy.com. Thanks to Adam Hurt for the use of his song Garfield's Blackberry Blossom from his album Insight. For more information on Adam's music, performances, and teaching, visit adamhurt.com. Reminder, transcripts of this and every episode are available at cryptonaturalist.com. Stay curious, stay wild, stay weird. Postscript. 
Me and the other Mirror Falls me's had a long talk about starting an a cappella group. But ultimately, we decided that the details of our practice sessions would be a bit too cumbersome to manage. <laughs>